The Once and Future Nerd Book One Princes of Jordan Chapter Four Monsters Episode Two As much as I'm sure you'd like to hear what became of Regan and Brennan after their capture by Redmore forces, I'm presently going to turn to what the rest of the party was doing during all of this. Because... Well, because I want to, damn it. I'll not apologise for my impeccable sense of dramatic pacing. While Brennan and Regan approached the fated outpost... The remainder of our party approached a property on the outskirts of Armstrongard, owned by an acquaintance of Regan's. When explaining the nature of this property to Nia, Regan had been asked... So it's a boarding house, then? Sure, you can say that. They were greeted by an employee of the establishment, who yelled down from a second-floor window. Had this indeed been a boarding house... She probably would have greeted newcomers at the door instead. What's your fancy, friends? She probably would also have been wearing clothes. Oh, dear. Allow me. Good evening. We were sent by a friend of Madame Bailey. Is she up for entertaining? <laughs> She's always up for entertaining. Uh, how many years did those three have, though? I beg your pardon. Pardon? Well, it's 13 to drink and 15 to screw. Oh, I do believe you have misunderstood our intentions. Ah, well, we cater to all. Watch this. I'm choosing not to describe to you the demonstration that ensued, for although shame is not known among the sprites, the traumatized facial expressions of Billy, Jen, and Nelson following this demonstration, reinforced my knowledge that shame is a very powerful human emotion. Once they were safely inside the office of this property's owner, Nia did her best to contextualize what had just been seen. So, you see, the expression of erotic love needn't always be aimed towards procreation. Or constrained by standard human anatomy. The children's discomfort was amplified by the decor of the office, of which the unifying aesthetic was a preoccupation with sexual organs. Good evening to ya. The office's owner entered. Aside from her well-worn evening gown, she bore an uncanny resemblance to the Bailey who had sold our traveller's armour nearly a fortnight ago. I understand you referred to me by a mutual acquaintance. Hey! Aren't you the armor lady? No, my sister runs the armory. I get that a lot, though. Might I ask how you came to be acquainted with Miss, uh... She helped me deal with a few pushy customers. I feel a bit indebted to her. We were told you could furnish us with temporary lodging. Ideally in a, a family-friendly section of the house. Which we would pay for, of course. Oh, I'd be glad to. Just three rules. Any services rendered must be arranged through myself. You break it, you buy it. And Sergeant McShane is always right. Who is Sergeant McShane? City guard. Thing is, my business isn't something of a gray area as far as the law is concerned. 
Sergeant McShane, make sure the relevant authorities see us in the right light. We shall follow your rules under your roof. If I could be so presumptuous as to ask for one more favor, I was hoping you had someone who could do a small chore for me. Of course. Man or woman. Well, I suppose it doesn't matter, so long as they can read. Read? Well, to each her own. I'll send someone to your room. Madam Bailey winked at Nia as she left. Oh, Galadin, help me. What did I just ask for? Later that night, as the party settled into their newfound quarters, Billy and Nelson found themselves stuck alone together. They could only go so long without addressing the killing that transpired the past morning. I know it's good that it happened, but it doesn't feel good that we did it. That's what being a man is, though, right? You do the stuff other people aren't strong enough for? I don't know if I want to be that kind of strong. Someone's got to be. Yeah. That blows. Just try not to think about it for a while. I can't shut off my brain like you can. Oh, your genius brain is so high above mine? I didn't mean I'd that. I'd be smart too if my parents taught college. Or if you actually studied? We don't all get affirmative action, Nelson. Are you... Seriously? You want to switch places with me when we get back? Well, not for everything, but you like... You know both my parents are dead, right? Yeah, but... <sighs> There's no but, man. That's my bad. Yeah, well... I think around here we're equally fucked for once. Ha, no bullshit. I kind of thought you'd be more okay with the thing. What thing? You know. He pantomimed a stabbing motion. Why would I be okay with that? I don't know. Because everyone shits on you and you play a lot of video games? I half expected you to shoot up to school one of these days. Well, turns out I haven't been desensitized to violence after all. Plus, I'm black, you know? It's only video games' fault when a white guy shoots up the high school. If I did it, they'd find some article my dad wrote defending Islam or something. That what your dad taught? Cultural anthropology. I don't even know what the fuck that means. He studied other societies and cultures so he could show how fucked up ours is. What would he say about this fucking place? I don't even know. You know what's fucking with me, man? I know we had to do that. But, like, even if we get back home, I'll never have not killed someone. Like, the part of me that's never killed anyone is going to stay in that cave, and it's never going to come home with me. Now, I've mentioned before that Jen had grown quite attached to a device which she called an iPhone, and which I admittedly do not understand. As she stood in the hallway outside the bedrooms, she stared with great melancholy at a message informing her that whatever sorcery powered the device had at last expired. She threw the device in her handbag, took a breath, and knocked on the door to the room containing Billy and Nelson. Hey. Hey. She sat down next to Billy and kissed him on the cheek. How are you guys holding up? Fine. You sure? You seemed pretty upset before. I'm fine. You can talk to me, you know? It's all right. How is it all right? Jen stared at Billy for a moment before standing and storming out of the room. Shit. Nia, meanwhile, had just finished compiling a list of research materials when there was a knock on her door. Come in. Jen entered somewhat sheepishly. Am I interrupting anything? No, come and sit. How are the boys faring? Not well, I don't think. 
poor things. I'll talk to them as soon as I send out for these books. Not sure how far you'll get. When Billy's upset, he doesn't really talk about anything. I think he is afraid to seem weak. Yeah, I just think that maybe if I ask him the right way... You mustn't blame yourself. You're a very caring soul, Jen. I hate that you must be in this place. My phone just died. Your what? Oh, it's like, um, a diary that a lot of people from home wrote in, and I can't read it anymore. That was like it, you know? Last thing I had that was still like home. Why can't you access it? Hmm, how do I explain this? So, so lightning. People where I'm from actually study it a lot. Some do here as well. Would a lightning enchantment let you access the diary? It might actually. I didn't even think of that. I'm sad to say I don't know any, but I'm sending out for books. I can look for a spell that might help. I know it must seem crazy, but that would help me a lot. I don't want to get your hopes up. Lightning spells are especially tricky and can have some blasphemous associations. Yes? Both women were surprised to see a very handsome man enter the room wearing very little clothing. Hello. Oh my. I'm afraid your attire may not be appropriate for what... He removed I... what remained of his clothing without hesitation. Gallant's grace. Shit. No, 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 no. More clothes, not fewer. He looked at her, utterly confused. We are not going to have relations. Do you understand? Now he nodded in understanding, having had many patrons who had not wanted carnal relations with him. These patrons had, however, typically expected him to have carnal relations with his hand, which he presently set to with wild enthusiasm. Okay, so that's happening. I and need just... you to get some books. Can you... Wow. My God, are you dizzy? You can't possibly have enough blood to... Can you read? He nodded yes without missing a beat. I'm going to give you a list. Can you please stop that and put your clothes on? Uh, he doesn't need to get dressed for you to give him the list. Please get dressed. Looking more confused than ever, the man ceased his performance and tried to replace what little clothing he had entered with. In his present state, it didn't quite fit. Maybe you should make him some ice. Have Madame Bailey give you some street clothes, then take this list to the library at the college. Pray bring back the books on it as soon as you can. Nia handed the man the list, looked him up and down once more, and with some regret, thank you, shooed him towards the door. So, I haven't had a bath since I left the city, so I should probably... Right, yeah, yeah, me neither. A cared-for body is a well-ordered body, so totally. if you'll just excuse me. This uncomfortable exchange was interrupted when a young girl ran into the room and dove under the bed. Nia and Jen exchanged befuddled looks before Jen dropped to her knees to address the diminutive intruder. Hi, honey. Are you lost? W where's your mommy and daddy? The girl was silently crying. The door opened again, and the handsome man who had recently left entered again, closing the door behind him and blocking it with his body. He looked terrified. What in your Jen looked to Nia, troubled. From the hallway, they could make out two pairs of footsteps, one of heavy boots and the other of a fashionable woman. You know how fickle children can be. Nia? 
The man pointed towards the girl under the bed and desperately shook his head no. Am I interrupting anything? Jen realized what needed to be done, steeled her nerves, took a deep breath. Sorry, our young Jen has grown quite fond of the errand boy you sent. Lied Nia as she poked her head out to address Madame Bailey and the well-groomed city guardsman she was with. How much do I owe you? On the house. You haven't by chance seen a little girl running around tonight, have you? Afraid I haven't. The poor dear's gone missing at bedtime. If you see or hear anything, please let me know. I surely will. Thank you. Oh, and where are my manners? Nia, this is Sergeant McShane. Nia struggled to feign a smile. Pleasure. As Nia closed the door to the room behind her, she saw Jen sitting on the bed with the man, comforting the girl. This was the first time she had a chance to notice the striking resemblance between the girl and the man. It was also the first time she had ever seen such fury in Jen's eyes. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Rhiannon Angel, Garrett Armin, Dan Dobransky, Lily Drexler, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Paul Notice, Frank Querez, and Julie Reed. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Production sound engineering is done by Gary O'Keefe, with dialogue editing, post-production mixing, and sound design by Sandra Ramirez. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading 